Hey, it's Andrew Wilkow. Here's my opening monologue from today's Wilkow Majority on Sirius XM Patriot. The New York Times has a piece with the headline, A Crisis Coming. And basically, what they claim now is the Constitution itself. The Constitution is a threat to democracy. And while we're talking about Article 5 conventions to strengthen the Constitution, they're talking about new and more creative ways to literally blow it up. If the left had their way, we would eliminate the Constitution and we would start from scratch. And they're not even hiding it anymore. Now, I'll do a long form on this disaster of an interview that Biden did with Scott Pelley on 60 Minutes. I mean, if you watched it, it was beyond cringeworthy. But I just want to just a couple of clips before we get going. Biden was asked a question about his mental fitness to run in 2024. Can you queue up cut six and play cut six? Sir, are you committed to running again? Or are there certain conditions that have to be right? Look, if I were to say to you, I'm running again, all of a sudden, a whole range of things come into play that I have uh, requirements I have to change and move and do. In terms of election laws. In terms of election laws. And it's much too early to make that kind of decision. I'm a great respecter of fate. And so what I'm doing is I'm doing my job. I'm going to do that job. And within the time frame that makes sense after this next election cycle here, going into next year, make a judgment of what to do. You say that it's much too early to make that decision. I take it the decision has not been made in your own head. Look, my intention, as I said to begin with, is that I would run again. But it's just an intention. But is it a firm decision that I run again? That remains to be seen. One of the questions has always been about his mental decline, which those in the beginning, isn't it kind of funny, in the beginning of the primary contest, where Republicans were not involved, it was Democrats and the media that were questioning Biden's fitness, right? Coming off the Obama presidency and then the Trump presidency, there was sort of this notion no more old white men. And Biden jumps in and their immediate reaction was, well, he's too old. He's too, well, he's too old. They didn't say too old, too white like they did with McCain, but there were questions in the media about his mental fitness. I want you to listen to this little montage. Play cut seven. If you think I don't have the energy level or the mental acuity, the best way to get something done if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway, from from uh, uh, Char, excuse me, from Charlotte, one uh, another line going from in, in Florida down to Tampa. Of uh, Putin's kleptocracy. Uh, yeah. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him uh, foot. The idea that um, Los Angeles and uh, and uh, um, uh, um, what am I doing here? For two reasons: one, to we haven't been able to communicate it in a way that is. Let me say another way. But the nature, not. A solid meeting with um, 
with uh, the, uh, they make a very good point. Here's the deal. Here's what drives the driver in the states that are affected. Here's what that you can do, the drivers. I'm going to read to you a series of headlines that I jotted down. Because now we're hearing, we've heard for two years that he's always had a stutter. Headline PBS, Biden's stutter, how a childhood battle shaped his approach. The Atlantic, Joe Biden's stutter and mine. UCLAhealth.org, Joe Biden's presidential run put a spotlight on stuttering. CNN, Biden opens up about stuttering and offers advice. I can go on and on and on. Where did this stutter come from? You can watch any old video of Joe Biden going back to 1973 on up to recently. He never stuttered. He never stuttered. Where did this, what is this lifelong battle with the stutter come from? Now, if you remember with Barack Obama, when he would sort of stumble around, they call it the intellectual stutter. And the New York Times defined that is by uh, Obama. See, I just did it. Obama on purpose. Obama was so smart and so professorial and so well-spoken that in order to talk to, you know, the plebes, the um, public school graduates, the masses, he would get lost in words that you would understand that he was not used to talking to the little people. So when he would have to, you know, dumb it down, he would sometimes get lost in the dumbing it down because his brain would naturally select, you know, words you wouldn't understand. And that was a load of crap. That was just a load of crap. Because we never heard that when he was organizing on the south side of Chicago, that he would get lost, you know, talking to low-income residents of the high-crime neighborhood. Joe Biden is clearly in, in mental decline. And you know what? Let me, let me put this to you. When I'm 80, I expect to be in mental decline. I am not going to be hosting this radio program when I'm 80 years old. I know. You're shedding a tear already. I don't plan to be doing this when my brain doesn't function the way it does now. As a matter of fact, the minute it stops functioning the way it functions now, I'm going to call it a career. Because I don't want you listening to me in decline. That's why they say go out on top. Leave them wanting some more. When I get to that point, I'm out. I'm done. I'm hanging up these headphones and calling it a day. But now the people that said Joe Biden was in mental decline or is in mental decline are now saying, no, 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 no. He's got a lifelong battle with a stutter. Show me an old video of him stuttering because I'd love to see it. 1-866-95-PATRIOT, 957-2874. You know, DeSantis derangement syndrome is already a thing and the guy's not even running for president yet. We have a new syndrome. And I'm starting to think it's worse then Trump derangement syndrome, which made Bush derangement syndrome look like the sniffles. And now we don't even talk about Bush derangement syndrome. Why? Because oddly, the Democrat left loves George W. Bush.
as long as it's in contrast to Donald Trump, that is, or, you know, Ron DeSantis. But some of us are old enough to remember Bush derangement syndrome, how Bush was the dumbest president in cowboy diplomacy and the oil man in the Oval Office. They hated Bush. But 50 people sent to Mathis Vineyard broke the elite left and proved all of these little signs. No person is illegal. These people actually are so in a bubble. They think by telling CNN that they felt enriched by the presence of migrants while kicking them out as soon as possible still makes them the most virtuous people on earth. Now, I'm old enough to remember, and it's funny, I I really enjoyed my trip to Michigan this weekend, to Macomb County. We did two events with FreedomWorks. And John Tamney, who uh, traveled with me, is going to join me a little bit later on the program. That this was, when we were done with the event, the first event, we had four hours in between the first event and the second event. So we just sat there talking to the people that came to the event. It actually was supposed to be a two-hour event. It went like three and a half hours, four, I don't even know how long we were there talking. And I love the chance to sit with a group of people who listen to this program and other programs on Patreon, the other channels they listen to. One guy was saying to me, he's like, you know, the only other channel, he goes, my other favorite channel on Sirius XM is the Chill Channel, just like you. And we were talking about how, you know, we've put, my, my wife and I put all three of our kids to bed with the Chill Channel. It still plays in our bedroom. It's it's like, it's it's the go-to channel for for my wife and I. And it was nice to talk about other things and just really kind of chill with people who are, you know, fans of this channel. It was it was actually really nice. But they were all all enamored with how this broke these people at Martha's Vineyard. A, a, a an island paradise for the rich left where the working class people have to be ferried in. They don't even want them living there, let alone having migrants. They talk about income inequality. They talk about inequity. They still promote the idea that there's racial segregation in neighborhoods like in the suburbs, which are the most diverse ever. You know what they don't have on Martha's Vineyard? Diversity. What, the Obamas? Look at the breakdown. It's all rich white people. Any diversity that might be on the island comes in on the ferry for about 12 hours, and then diversity goes home. The median price of a home on Martha's Vineyard is $737,000. The Obamas have a $12.6 million home there. One of many. The local government, if you could call it that, issued a report saying there's no affordable housing on, on the island. They have a moratorium on new construction. I mean, everything is protected vegetation or or environmentally uh, blocked from development or what have you. All of the things that affirmatively furthering fair housing was supposed to break down. In other words, the people on Martha's Vineyard live the complete opposite of the values they espouse. Complete opposite. There's no light rail. There are no wind farms. There are no solar farms. There are no public health facilities. 
None of that's there. What a President Trump or President DeSantis must do, if we are going to expect all of these things to be planted in our local communities by the federal government, Martha's Vineyard can't be off limits. That means they should have windmill farms. They should have solar farms. They should have high-rise, low-income housing. You know what? Maybe a President Trump or President DeSantis would notice there's not much of a military presence on Martha's Vineyard. Maybe that would be a good place for the Marine Corps to put a Northeast Command Post for helicopters. Maybe they should do helicopter assault training on Martha's Vineyard. Maybe they should do live fire target training on Martha's Vineyard. If they, they so want to be a part of the United States, bring every facet of the United States onto Martha's Vineyard. Why not? Why not? Why would that be a sin? If you're a left-wing Democrat who listens to this program, why would it be sinful to put low-income housing on Martha's Vineyard? Tell me. 4,000 units, four 1,000-unit towers. Why not? Why shouldn't there be a military outpost there? Why shouldn't there be public infrastructure as it would be? Buses, light rail, expanded education, public health facilities. Why should these people be able to literally wall themselves off from the policies that emanate from each one of those beachfront mansions as donors, the biggest donors to the Democrat Party? Don't talk to me about living with our values. Don't lecture me about no room at the inn when there's no room at the island. Martha's Vineyard is the epicenter of left-wing Democrat hypocrisy. And maybe it's time for Republicans to change that. Weinzig 695 Patriot 9572874. We are right. They are wrong. That's the end of the story. The arguments on this radio program cannot be broken. Serious, serious XM Patreon. You can join me live on the Wilcom Majority, Monday to Friday, noon to 3 East, 9 to noon West, on Serious XM Patriot, Channel 125.